Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Inside Out, directed by Pete Doctor and Ronaldo Del Carmen and released in 2015. The plot of Inside Out goes something like this. After 11-year-old Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust and sadness, conflict on how best to navigate a new city, a new house and a new school. And now this movie is just out in cinemas, so if you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers, maybe come back to this podcast after you have. Okay, so Inside Out, Pixar has done another movie and I saw it on Thursday night, so I'm having trouble remembering it. But it was nice. I saw it today and I'm having trouble remembering it, which is interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I I sort of heard that it was really, really good. Yeah. And then I went to see it and it didn't – I just wasn't affected by it. Like, I thought it was interesting but not, you know, and and funny in bits but not – I didn't get that kind of emotional kick or anything like that. I just thought it was kind of cute. Yeah, I think I was – bit the same except there's one scene the climax of the film where she finally they finally let sadness have control of the board and she cries and tells her parents that she's sad that she misses minnesota and they empathize with her and there's this sweet little family moment that's probably i found that quite affecting but really i I think i think this one though i think it's a bit like brave i think i will appreciate it with multiple viewings i didn't really appreciate brave the first time i saw it i was like what's there's nothing nothing really happens here but I think it's it's one of those ones that's got a bit more of a subtle emotional climax than than a necessarily a plot climax, and I I think I will appreciate it on on further viewings. It's quite subtle and it's got some kind of deep and interesting themes that go that it goes for, which is what Brave is like. It's got some quite interesting deep themes around motherhood. Yeah, that it goes I, for. I feel like it was kind of an emotional exercise on emotions rather than a, a actual story or like. Or actually activating those emotions in us, or maybe I was just thinking about it too deeply, mm. or something. I don't know. I just didn't get kind of. I I didn't get involved with the feelings of the characters and stuff. Yeah. And then I had all these weird thoughts <laughs> while I was watching it in terms of understanding the world that this is set in. Yeah. Like all of these emotions clearly have emotions of their own, so that they have little control centers in their tiny little brains. Oh my god! Where- and then do they all have little? Because that's kind of the whole point is that Joy gets to a point like where she's experiencing some frustration. She's got she's anxious. She's fear like, and and obviously the whole point of the thing is that sadness is actually our hero, and it's really important to um, let your emotions out and let sadness have her way sometimes because that's the only way to really work through things. And that was really nice, but you do definitely see that with the emotions. I don't know. That's a deep question I don't want to ask because once you start asking that. But that's what I was thinking about during this. I'm like, why do the emotions in everybody's heads look the same? But why are some of them all male and some of them all female? And will Riley's become all female as she gets older? At what mm. age does that happen? Do they suddenly have like gender changes at, at when Riley if- turns 13 or when they hit that big puberty button? Is that when they suddenly all become female? I definitely, definitely wondered that because I think the there's a boy who's clearly had the puberty button hit at the end and we see inside his brain and it's all like boys running around going girl and they're terrified yeah and it's just like this you know mess of a brain but yeah because the adults all have the same gender emotions and that's a really good question or maybe I, I i don't know i think perhaps riley was just well developed and they hadn't really thought through the others i'm I'm not sure and all of the others are like versions of her ones like her ones are like the default ones and then everybody else's has like the hair that the person has or the mustache for mm. the dad 
Um, also, the the emotions for the dad and the mum are so like gender coded as well. They're very cliched. The bit that was in the trailer, the bit where they talk over dinner, and dad's like not paying attention, and mum is has noticed that there's something going on, and dad's like, "What am I supposed to do here?" It's ve- that's very um, that's a very cliched view of marriage and parenthood. That's yeah. like very old fashioned. And um, then there's a bus driver. To- so in towards the end, you see all the inside all the minds of all these other people. And uh, you see inside the mind of this bus driver. And the bus driver, all five of his emotions seem to be anger. Mm. So is that something that gradually happens over people's lives and some people? that All of their emotions turn into one emotion? Also, why are there only five emotions? Apparently that was a like an ease of storytelling thing. They cut, they had cut it down from 27. Right, because I was like, what about all the other things that people yeah, feel? Yeah, and it's, it is simplified, but I mean, I guess you got to remember it is a kid's movie. So it's it's designed for eight year olds to be able to understand. So which is is good in a way because there's a nice message in there about, um, particularly um, and this I I didn't this is not an original idea but I think I picked it up from um, the Mary Sue's review of this which is really really positive that um, particularly with little girls are always being told to behave and keep their emotions under control and let that joy emotion dominate everything. So it's got that lovely message for girls about actually expressing their emotions and asking for help and not masking them. So, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was, it was weird, quite though, nice because, for a, like for a I, I just think that age. I think boys and girls have that me- have that message just in different ways. Like the girls are told to always be happy, but then the boys are told never to cry and yep. all that sort of stuff. Yes. So, I, which know, is the, which would be a really interesting be, thing to examine too. Yeah, it would be. Um like, you know, most of the time I'm sort of like, why can't we get a girl version of this? But this time it was like you know, it would have been interesting to, to see. see boy. Um, yeah, but I mean, and whether the bo- in the boy's brain the gender coding is the same mm, for little yeah. boys. Like, do they have female brains? And is it something like when kids are younger, their gender is more fluid, and then as they get older, they're more rigidly put into gender roles? And well, that's if what... that's the case, are there some adults that have variety of gender <laughs> gendered emotions in their brains? I want to know these things. Yeah, it's fascinating, and it ra- that it raises a whole lot of really interesting questions. Although. I- I do think that yeah that the um the girls and sort of behavior is an interesting one to look at and I think there's a good reason why they've made this one a girl and and this is very much a girl experience but well yeah. I, don't, I just you don't need to have a reason to make it a girl just make it a mm. girl guys like yeah. you, it doesn't have to be like cuz this one is a girl movie then it should be a girl they should just have girls more in their movies mm. anyway but um yeah that's still a good point um yes and my favorite my favorite emotion was obviously the cat at the end. That was my favorite too. I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing at that. Yeah, that's just perfect. I think my other favorite part was the um the imaginary boyfriend. Yes. I'll die for Riley. <laughs> it was hilarious. I th- the best part was um was Joy corralling them into actually dying for Riley yeah. in order to get someone. <laughs> that was very funny. I liked that oh, a lot. Oh, it was fantastic. I live in Canada. <laughs> I just cracked at that one. And we were in quite a non-full cinema as well and I just burst out laughing and I probably the whole cinema was like, what the hell is this woman going on about? There were quite a few people. I saw it at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. So uh, there were lots of kids in my screening. Oh, yay. Um, and lots of talkers in my screening, which was interesting. Oh, that reminds me. I have such a bone to pick with Pixar about their short films. I am so, so sick of anthropomorphized animals and like you know, rocks and whatever, and there's a dude and he wants a girl and that's the whole freaking story for every one of their shorts. Yes, yeah, that's oh, – I was Jelly says to me before, oh, there'll be a short. I wonder what it's about. I'm like, well, it's going to be two anthropomorphized things, one coded male, one coded female, and it's going to be about how the male is lonely and he needs to fall in love. Yeah. And I was spot on. Yeah. 
And it was so, it was frustrating to me because, like, I loved the way it looked and I loved the, like, Hawaiian mm. kind of the music and, and the song and all that sort of stuff. So it frustrated me even more that it was the same bloody story that they tell in front of every single movie. Mm. And it's really, really bad for kids. Like, for kids to come into every single movie and watch a, like, coded male anthropomorphized thing that is lonely mm. and then a a girl comes along and like the girl gets even less characterization than the boy every single time which is amazing in these short films and is just like something to fill the guy's time and why are you making short films if you're not doing anything interesting or new with them but they are doing all these interesting new things with how they tell the same story over and over again Mm. it's just that they're not telling anything new Mm -hmm. i mean they did have one a couple of years ago that was like a a day and night where like there were there were bodies that didn't have any gender they were just kind of shapes mm. and one was day and one was night and they would go and like you would see the same things at day and night and then they kind of did this dance together that was different yeah because that wasn't about gender at all that was just about like two different and they've just perspectives been a bit on things. The, the, this one's just way 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 too similar than the one that but played in front of monsters you this there's the umbrellas one yeah which is um, monsters you it seems like they might be trying to recreate the success of Paperman, mm. but Paperman was the same thing. Only the there were people, and then the little like paper planes were anthropomorphized. Mm. I just, oh, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of it. So like, I started this movie in a bad mood. To be fair, because I was so annoyed with them for making something that I wanted to like so badly that told nothing new whatsoever. Yeah, I just wanted the short to be over. I was like, I this is adding nothing to my experience to have this running. In front it was of the so movie. pretty. Yeah. It was really pretty. Like yeah, everything I, about how they did it was so nice and interesting. Why couldn't they tell a story with it? Seriously, so yeah. irritating. Mm. Yes. Anyway, back to the actual movie of which. Sorry, I, I, but uh, you're right though. The Friday morning, I couldn't remember it. Yeah. Well, after I saw it, even the night of, I was like, "What do I take from this?" Like, yes, it's got a lovely little message. Like, yes, I adored sadness. Who's just like you. Joy was so mean to sadness. I felt bad. Actually, most well, that of was, my... What was the whole... That was what was so good about it. it was the, 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 you can't have unrestricted joy. And Joy was like this horrible control freak. Yeah. And we needed sadness. And she's the hero of the story. I know, but she was so like put down. And she had been her whole you know, life since she sprung into being inside Riley's head. Um, and then there was that bit where she drew the circle. Joy drew the circle and was like, you have to stay in this circle. And I was like, that's just... It's just abuse, man. Yeah, it was. And that's that's the whole point is that, like, you can't have Joy running the show. She's clearly not a good manager. <laughs> and then, no. then they all need they need a more equal arrangement of all the different emotions. Yeah, no, she was super mean. And, and yeah, ov- obviously Sadness is the hero of the story. I, I actually think Mindy Kaling's disgust might have been my favorite of the emotions. She made me laugh nearly every time she opened her mouth. The, yeah. the voicing for that was like spot she on. She was perfect. perfect at that. And it was so, um, like having been an 11-year-old girl, you really understand that voice as well, especially having been like a, a, um, a tween or teen girl as well. That whole, oh, God, it was just perfect. Yeah, they could have gone to some much more interesting dark places yeah. with disgust that would, would, would have been quite interesting actually. Mm. But those like long eyelashes that she had mm. sticking mm. out from like from the sides of her eyes – were just the perfect kind of note on top of her to make her work. Mm. Um, like did almost as much acting as you know the rest of her combined. It was really yeah. she was really neat. I liked her a lot. I actually thought the whole like suite of Riley's emotions were really well done. The voices were just perfectly cast. Mm. Even the two male ones. I think the anger was Lewis Black and Bill Hader was the fear. 
fear is the one I relate to the most because I am just naturally a very anxious type of person. But um, but that, yeah, I think they were just well suited to their parts. And then when Richard Kind turns up as Bing Bong the elephant, that was just oh, and that's I think that's the bit where that that sort of putting away of childish things and saying goodbye to your imaginary friends. That's like. Pixar's bread and butter because that's but it the, was Toy Story again, which yeah, kind of annoyed the, me. Yeah, yeah, it's the, exactly it's the the guts of um, the third Toy Story movie is putting away of childish things and saying goodbye to that stuff, and it was very very sweetly done. And he was a he was a good little addition to the um, sadness joy sort of duo for the period that he was in it. Um, Do you but know what? I kind of um, it wasn't anything new. I kind of uh, was. I understand why they did things the way that they did in that they made this really fascinating brain world Mm. and they wanted to explore every part of it, but it meant that there was a lot of kind of derailing going on Mm. that took a lot away from Riley. And what you end up with is like, I do remember the kind of the, the, the structures of everything really well, but I don't remember Riley's journey very well, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's not really enough of her. There's a little bit, um, there's a, something that starts off being really interesting but isn't fully explored as to when sadness and joy have gone and she's basically clinically depressed because she can't she doesn't feel anything. Mm. She's just driven on like sh- she's just working on instinct and fear and disgust and nobody like she she just doesn't know anything and it's and she can't do anything and it's really really interesting but because it's a kids movie they and they're trying to keep it light they don't really explore mm. that and I think that would have been really interesting to go into into that because it's a really like dementors it's quite an effective way of talking about depression with kids but there's another really interesting and important thing about this movie that i think we need to talk about which is that riley has no agency mm. like yeah they're always driving it, all the emotions are driving sort of, it it needed to be more explicit that these emotions are are riley mm. in a way that because they were each their own character and the movie was really about joy it meant that riley became a non-character she never like controlled her own behavior it was always in reaction to like what the emotions wanted her to do rather than what she wanted to do Mm. which was really odd yeah i think you put your finger on what my problem was I, i didn't actually realize what the problem was until you just said it but that's it yeah it means that everybody in this universe is and and it gives people it gives kids a really good like um vocabulary for discussing what's going on with them in terms of their feelings and stuff and a good vocabulary for them for discussing the various things that go on in their brains but it also means that it's taking away their responsibility for their own behaviors yeah. and placing it all on these emotions which of course get riled up at around puberty Mm. and just before puberty and everything kind of changes for them and starts shifting and and also there's this kind of real negativity about changing Mm. which is a natural part of life when you get to that age that like oh it's so sad that bing bong is like dying but you need to not have bing bong anymore yeah like he's a part of her childhood and that was nice and that's good and now we don't need him anymore because he fulfilled this certain function that is no longer needed for Riley to continue her growth. Yes. And I was even bothered by this during the film. I was like, if everyone's just being controlled by their emotions, then who has, like, what does that say about human responsibility for how we treat each other? And when is there any, ever any control by Riley of her own emotions? Because we are able to control and our own doesn't. emotions. And she doesn't. And yes, when you are 11 and just prepubescent, it is harder to control your emotions. And when you're young, 
that's but that's part of growing up and that's part of going through puberty is learning how to how to behave and how to be socialized yeah and it would have been like it you really needed like that bit where where joy pulls off the last minute save it would have been nice if riley had actually made her own decision to not do this anymore and then that kind of helped joy in some way mm. so that she kind of had some control over her own final yeah because you know, it's, it's not just the lack of joy that's making her try and run away there's a whole lot of complex stuff at play there in her making a decision to run away and also to stop running away so she it's not the only thing at work and it doesn't quite work and then i think also if we'd have seen some adult emotions where the adults had emotions doing one thing but their face was doing another like we don't see that either even with the adults we see them like behaving almost as entirely as id Sorry, I just remembered the cat bit again and the fear is like walking over the controls and then the cat just freaks out. <laughs> yep. And every time you see your cat freak out from now on, you'll be like, oh, cat just walked over the keyboard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the like that's the other thing is like fear is – and the thing is there must be some kind of control from Riley over her emotions because the things that the emotions in her head are saying are not what comes out of her mouth. Mm. And like, so fear can be like totally freaking out in her head and out loud, it'll be something else that she's saying other than what fear is experiencing. So or with the same with all the other emotions, like so just the, the part that I remembered was fear. So clearly Mm-mm. she is like the, the emotions are causing to express her to express herself in certain ways, but like she must have some control over it. So where is that in her brain? Mm. Where is the control in her brain? Like is not everything in our life is ruled by our emotions. No. I think um, I think that's probably the biggest downfall because the story of Joy and that whole story works really well as a little self-contained story if the whole thing happened inside her head, but it's the outside the head that isn't quite there. Yeah, exactly. In, inside the head is quite a good little story. You could have come up with some kind of imaginary world and almost, almost had it as a self-contained thing. But then you wouldn't see what the real world consequences of that are. Mm. It is. I, I just think it's too complicated for them to do. That's the biggest problem. Like they, they, they went really ambitious with this movie. Yeah. But I don't think it quite hits the mark it's going for. And I, I think it, it, a part of that is the it's a very complex idea that they're trying to express. And in making all of these emotions characters with their own um their own choices they've taken all the choices away from riley it's actually I, i'm coming back again to to brave why with the the girl movies i put that in inverted commas do they they've tried to both their girl movies they've tried to tackle something that's really complex and sort of takes away from the story and enjoyment of the actual movie I, it just makes me a bit sad that that's what they've done because mm. like that, that's what that's what brave does as well it's kind of too the reason- idea is too complicated to really be carried off well in a children's movie. For some reason, the only thing I can remember from Brave is like when Merida has her hair up and she's got the curl falling down and then like old Boo, which doesn't make sense if you don't know the, you know, the unified yeah. Pixar th- yeah. uh, universe theory. So like the old mm-hmm. lady is Boo from, yeah, right. Yeah. So those are the only things I remember. Yeah. So, well, the, I mean, the, ge- the general story is, is around it's it's around mother daughter relationships, yeah. but it's it's probably too complicated to make a really pacey, fun, interesting kids movie. It is it's got some really interesting emotional depth to it, and like when I watch it a few more more times as an adult, I will get I get a bit of joy out of it. But I think it's they've done the same with this one. Like they've it's too there's too much going on in there to for it to be properly 
dumbed down the way it has. Like they they need to. They've obviously it's not fighting dumbed between down, it's simplified. It's not. Yeah, you can't simplify this simplify. into a story. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work. I think there was an original idea was to actually have it be an examination of depression. I think that would have been fascinating, although I don't know whether they would have been able to sell that as a kid's movie, but you know, from a company owned by Disney, but it would have been more interesting if that's where they were gone with it. I was just thinking, um, one of the problems with this movie as opposed to a lot of the other movies is uh, this movie is an idea first and a story second, mm. whereas the other ones seem to be stories first that express an idea, mm. like this is a story about this person and we're going to, like, because of who this person, animal, whatever is, we're going to explore these themes through that person rather than, like, Mm. this is an idea of why we feel emotions, how do we put that into a story? Yeah, well, you've only got to look at Monsters, Inc., which is all about about emotions and fear and scaring and stuff like that, and it's done the other way around. It's done with a, oh, what about the, what you know, it, it is kind of an idea, what if the monsters under your bed were real? But and that's then, not a, but that's, it's the story of like it's it's world building and stuff like that, and it's done in this really entertaining and like pacey, interesting way. Yeah, but what if the monsters under your bed were real? Is kind of different from how do we express our emotions? Because mm. <laughs> that's that posits a yeah. like a, a starting point to from which you can make mm. a story. Whereas how do we express our emotions? Like how do emotions work is not a starting point for a story. No, well, it's, it's that's a, a starting point for a philosophical debate with uh, yeah. the kind of psychologists who were credited in this movie as yeah. helping work on them. And it's interesting actually, like it's an interesting question. But that kind of stuff about inner inner life is really hard to do on film. And I'm not, and I know they 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 seem to have tried to capture inner life on film and they haven't got there. Because I mean that's the whole the whole idea from my understanding is that. Um, it's based on Pete Doctor's own experience of being a kid who had to move countries, but also seeing his daughter go through something similar at the same age. And so it's kind of based. It's 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 a movie that is trying to put what goes on in someone's head out on the screen, and that's often done well in novels, but I've never really seen it done well on film. I'm just thinking now about as well the uh the transition from childhood to being a teenager. And what that means for Pixar and, like... Ah, does this mean the movie's kind of, getting older? No, but there's this kind of thing. There's a thing at the end. Joy says we still love our girl. And I was like, is there any reason that she's given you not to? But it, it kind of brings into this into question this idea of, like, t- being a teenager is worse than being a child. Being a child is all imagination and fun and simple emotions and then... Being a teenager is bad because it isn't those things mm. and, like, it's negative because of those things. Like, there's this moment where the, the, the mixed happy and sad core memory comes through, right? And it's the first kind of indication that maybe complexity is good, but then the rest of the movie, it, it seems to not be able to decide whether that kind of complexity is good or not because Pixar does have this kind of worship of, like, childhood and mm. then – at the, because I only think of this because the very last message in the credits, which I stayed through. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're um, saying. Says um, this movie is for our children. Please don't grow up ever. And I'm like, but growing up is good. You want to raise kids that will be good grown ups. That's what you're raising them for. It says it comes from a very parent centered focus on puberty and adolescence because because adolescence is hard for parents. Yeah, that's the thing. But but that's that's like we get often get coming of age stories, but we. We often hear, you know, from parents about how terrible adolescence is, and they, they, parents seem to be almost like 
to hate the idea of their child growing up far more than their kid does. Their kid is going through something that is very difficult and very new, but ultimately rewarding. Because when when you're an adolescent, you 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 know you're striving for to push boundaries, to grow up, to become independent, to become the person you will eventually be, the person who moves through the world as an independent person, as a grown up, as a as your own person with agency and decision making power and all that stuff. And I think parents find the letting go of childhood much harder than the kid herself going through that transition does. Which is, uh, also- Which is funny because adolescence sucks. Like it sucks to go through. But it seems like the parents are actually having a worse time of it because they're like, I want my baby to be a baby forever. There's also that big red button uh, mm. that, it, that means puberty that's clearly a panic button. Yeah. And then when we – also, I, I I really don't like that moment when the boy, when the yeah, boy sees I Riley I, and I, uh, his head just goes off and he's like, girl, girl, and he can't concentrate well, at all because it basically says, oh, boys can't control their emotions when they're around girls. <sighs> but girls are perfectly capable of controlling their yeah. emotions around boys. Yeah, no, so I've they're the ones who have to control themselves and boys don't have to. Yeah, that absolutely drove me nuts because that's that is every single – male-focused bit of entertainment ever uh, that talks about how hard it was when you were a young boy, what it was like to to be awkward around girls. There's that reverse narrative of being an awkward girl and being nervous around boys and boys not paying attention to you and that being horrifying and all that stuff. We go through that too and that's like just another thing where they don't get that. But they don't acknowledge it either. Yeah, and and it's a really big problem in nerd culture because there's this whole idea about the nerd boys have this whole idea of themselves as having been through this heroic adolescence where no girl would ever talk to them. And like, we were there too. We like, as nerd girls, we were there too, where no boy would ever talk to us and we were awkward and but all that the, sort of that's stuff. That's the objectification and, yeah, thing where and they gr- don't girls are either get it. pretty objects or invisible. Yeah. So then the, like the nerd boys think they were invisible to girls because they only saw hmm. girls as being the pretty ones. And then the, they ignored anybody. Every who, other girl. Yeah. And we were out there like we had cute boys as well and, you know, fantasy boyfriends who would die for Riley, which was adorable, by the way. But no, the, he was my favourite. And the boy make, band's island mm. became an island like that they were that important to her yeah. that they were actually a part of her personality made me really happy. Awesome. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, the, the bit with the boy annoyed me too because I'm explaining it away by thinking that he'd had his puberty button pressed and she hadn't, but it, it annoyed me because I'm like, we do that too. No, but that's the thing is that it's so heavily – and it's too simplified and it doesn't work because it's so heavily heavily tropified. I just said heavily twice in a row. Heavily. Heavily. It's so heavily tropified, mm-hmm. the whole kind of set of different people's heads we go through at the end. We go through his and then there's the teachers. And to be fair, I totally understood where the teacher was coming from. <laughs> like 100% that person was more me than anybody else in that thing when she's asking everybody for like a suggestion in class and they're all ignoring her and like, you know, I mean, at least they're quiet in most of the classes that I'm in, you know, they're all throwing things or talking or whatever and it's just all you can do to try and get them to be quiet and sit still and try and do their work. Um, but they're all quiet but no, none of them's paying attention to her and then in her head she's like, how much longer do we have to do this for? And she's got this countdown to the holidays and then she's like, and when we do, we're going to go see the, the Brazilian, the Brazilian g- helicopter pilot. Yeah. Which was a little through line that I actually liked, especially the bit where, um, where the, because mo- this is the mother's 
ex-boyfriend or oh, something. Oh, yeah, some kind of thing that never happened. Um, and and at one point the, the father does something that makes the mother happy and so she throws it away and then fear runs up and grabs it and she's like, just in case, which made me really happy. <laughs> oh, that made me really happy too. I just uh-huh. liked that. I liked the idea that the woman can fantasize about different men without it being a problem. Yeah. At least says that. Well, but I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the um, it would have been ni- almost nicer if we didn't go into other people's heads in spite of the fact that the cat thing was my favourite because yeah. – But, I mean, the, the cat thing was entirely tropified as well. It's not as though cats are that simple either. It's not. I mean, gentrification is not – I know, yeah. but it was it, – It was it, brilliant. It was such a good insight into how people see cats' brains because yeah. they don't make any sense. At first, yeah. the cat's brain is just empty and then the cats kind of wander through and are just, like, distracted by each other and the fear is just walking across. And then the, I love how – yeah, and there's two cats in the background fight who see each other and, like <laughs> – which is exactly how cats are when they see other cats. They're like, oh, yeah. God, other cats. Yeah. And one of the, the hissing one is anger and the joy one is like cautiously going around <laughs> and trying to make friends. And then the fear, fear is walking along. Oh, that was, that was great. But d- d- yes, it, it was <laughs> like the cats just like, ah. <laughs> but yes, Seriously. everybody else though. Oh, but the dog also, the dog is yeah, just like, yeah. that man has meat. That man has meat. That man has meat. They, they all go after uh. him. So. <laughs> that was more fun than. Yeah, nearly half the rest of the movie. Yeah, it, it's um, it it's just a really kind of it's overcomplicated movie. Mm. Even right from the start, when joy is the first emotion, and I'm like, joy is not the first emotion babies feel. The first emotion babies feel is, holy crap, this is cold. I'm going to scream my lungs out. Yeah, like that's what babies feel first. The fact yeah. that joy was this is first cold. Doesn't I make need sense food. I I need to poop. Like yeah, that's it. it fear would be the first thing that babies feel, mm. right? Yeah, I think unless so. you go inside the womb, and then they might feel joy. But that would be even more confusing. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I would say that like the fear response is probably the first thing people. It's this kind of demonization of everything that isn't happiness that I have a problem with in general mm. in our society, where yeah. like we're so obsessed with happiness, and they're like. You, there's this kind of contradictory teaching about how you have to accept your emotions, but also you have to try and be happy all the time, mm. which is a very common thing at the moment in this yeah. this kind of happiness culture that we live in now. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's definitely interesting. Although, of course, I don't think she's the hero at all because she she's the one who has to learn the importance of sadness. Yeah, but, but yeah. she's still the, the yeah. Hero. Oh, well, and th- the other thing is like she's. She's our narrator. This is so complex. We need a narrator to tell us all this stuff that's going on, mm. and she's got to do that job as well, which is it just kind of over. Well, I mean, she's our she's process. our protagonist at the very least. Joy, she's the one who gets everything going. Um, it might be sadness who saves the day, but Joy's the one who tells her to do it. So she doesn't. Joy mm. is the one with all the agency. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna wrap this one up because. We don't. I don't know that we've got much more to say. No, I, I, oh, I did want to say. Um, mm. I really liked how it brought how it depicted San Francisco. Oh, okay, yeah, I liked that. Um, the city stuff was actually pretty neat. Um, the you know the 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 way that they they shot like they mm. animated San Francisco with the the streets, the yeah. hills, and the winding streets, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. <laughs> the vegan cafe with the broccoli pizza. <laughs> All that sort of thing. I liked that. I yeah. thought that was neat. Yeah, and there were some cute little throwaway jokes, like "There's no bears in San Francisco." Yeah, and, and then like there's that. a guy who looks like a bear, which was, you know, like a little kind of nod to gay culture in San Francisco yeah. that I thought was really cute. Yeah, and it makes sense given um, Pixar's up there, isn't it? Is Pixar up in San Francisco? No. I don't. Emery. It said Emery, Emeryville, or Emery, or I, something. Yeah, like I that. just, I just figured because Steve Jobs that it was up there, but I maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's San Francisco because that's the that's what they know. It was just up. interesting because we got to see so much of that, and then she wanted to go back to Minnesota, but we didn't really see Minnesota. No, so that would have been maybe a good way to. Because we see memories of Minnesota without actually getting to see much of Minnesota. It's like why she likes it so much. Yeah, because she's got all this. Um, well, and, and there's another three-year-old Riley was so cute. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, and, that, and that's a kind of an interesting thing about actually moving cities at that particular age. Because like there was an interesting. Oh god, it's hard. I did. I did too. I did too. Um, there's a there's an interesting narrative around moving from the town you've grown up in and all you've known to a new city at that age and. With that, again, it's not really what they explore, but it would be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I didn't live in the same city or town for my whole childhood, but like moving as a child was so much easier than moving as a 14 year old. Oh, see, I'd never, yeah, I, I didn't move until I was like 11 or so. So, yeah, yeah and I, I can really understand that. But again, I, it's not something that they really delve into because we don't, right, Joy is out here in O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I moved once when I was 10. And then when I was 14, was that right? Well, I say Something 11 like because that's when I went to boarding school. But um, I really, I didn't actually move out of my hometown until I was about 13, technically. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Shall we wrap up? Um, yeah, sure. I think about three stars from me. Yeah, I was going to give it three. Fair enough. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you would like to find us on social media, we're in a number of places. On Facebook, uh, just search for Silver Screen Queens. On Twitter, at screen underscore queens. And on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And if you have time, we would really appreciate it if you stopped by iTunes and wrote us a review. Only a good review. We only want good reviews. Please don't write us bad reviews. Not that you ever would because you're lovely listeners who've stayed all the way to the end. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. I feel like there might have been something that I started saying that I forgot to finish. Okay. Which was about the fantasy world that they will inside, like the, the complex way that inside Riley's mind works. But like it turned into this kind of adventure story for joy and sadness having to show us all of those places rather than getting on with the story. Mm. But I don't remember if I finished that thought or not. Anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.